How powerful is Cox Internet? So powerful that one day, your daughter will be able to simulate a soccer match against some of the world's best players right from your backyard. Get gig speeds powered by fiber from Cox. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Internet delivered through Cox's hybrid fiber coax network. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions apply. Bumble and Bumble Seaweed's invigorating shower ritual feels like an escape. Start with nutrient-infused shampoo and conditioner. The formula infused with royal sugar kelp, green microalgae, and Pacific sea kelp helps keep your scalp hydrated. Then open your jar of seaweed whipped scalp scrub to add two times more shine to your hair instantly. And before you head out, use seaweed air dry cream to give your hair that effortless beach look. Make your shower feel like an oasis with the Bumble and Bumble Seaweed Collection. Dive in now at bumbleandbumble.com. New York is the city that never sleeps, not even for the dead. Today, we'll be talking to Renee Huff, who is about to bring a horror film festival to New York. Part of the reason that Renee is so fascinated by the genre of horror is because of all the spooky experiences she's had herself living in the Big Apple. Sit back, pull the covers over your head, and get ready for some terrifying stories. Today on Homespun Hates. Hello, Hainted Loves. Welcome to Homespun Haints. I'm Becky. And I'm Diana. And today on the show, we have Renee Hoff. She is the owner of the Haunted House Fear Fest Film Festival, which is going to be taking place this October in New York. And she is also a very haunted lady herself. So we're so thrilled to bring her on today and talk about all things horror, See, I pronounced it right. Horror, horror, how have you pronounced it? Spoilers. And <laughs> film and ghosts and what it means to be empathic in a really, really big city. So we're really, really thrilled to bring her on. But before we bring her on, we do want to share with you some of the things that are going on in our lives. Because as you know, Diana and I are also pretty haunted ourselves. Yes. Yes, we are. Last week, we talked about this entity that's been following me around. We sure did. What did you think of that, Hainted Loves? Do you think it's the same entity? I think it is. Do you think it's the one that we saw when we were doing automatic writing with the tuba? Did you like that that music I made for the automatic writing? I was really proud of myself. It was, for it that. was really cute. I it loved was it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I was inspired. Lou Reed uses a tuba in some of his music, and I was like, I love that. Aww. I'm going to channel my inner Lou Reed and use a tuba. <laughs> I have some follow-up information for you, Diana, and I don't know if I should be scared. Oh no! I'm just going to follow up. Go, go listen to that episode, The Pale Man, if you haven't already. 
I kept thinking this entity, like I wanted to get rid of him. But a lot of people who tried to talk to him would say to me, he's not bad. He's not a bad guy. He's just like a little protective. Just tell him you need your space. Yeah, That's kind of what they were sensing from it. But I always had just a really negative feeling about him. But I've been like trying to be more open minded. I used to get crap all the time when I was a kid because I just was so picky about the guys I would go out with. And my parents would be like, oh, just give him a chance. And I would go out with these people I didn't want to because I wanted to be a nicer person. I wanted to be more open minded. And so I've been trying to think with this thing following me around. I'm like, oh, maybe I should give him a chance. Maybe he's not so bad. Well, I got to tell you, no, ladies, listen to your gut. Some dude (laughs) Uh is following you and you don't want him there. Stop listening to your friends that are like, oh, give him a chance. I'm sure he's fine because he's not. So, and Diana, you were absolutely right. I'm convinced you are correct. Absolutely correct. When you visualized this guy with like blood coming out of his mouth and the gift of the apple, just like Satan gave to Eve of the gift that was a trick. Mm. Yes. Okay. Oh, I'm I'm sorry. But yes, of course I was right. I should just not have listened to all those people. They're like, I'm sure he's fine. Because I did. I was trying to let him in. I was trying to let him in Mm. and be like, okay, maybe you're not so bad. Maybe we're friends. I even invited him to come with me and watch me guest lecture last week, like you would with a friend. And I've been like playing some of my favorite songs for him. I was like, oh, let's get to know each other better. And then... (laughs) When did you die? Did you listen to Kate Bush? Here you go. Some vinyl for you. (laughs) Go ahead and play it backwards if you want to talk with me. No, don't play it backwards. You'll ruin my record player. (laughs) I don't like where this is going. (laughs) So that night after we recorded, the next day, my husband approaches me and he says, he waited until middle of the day before he said anything. But he came up to me and he's like, I'm not sure if I should tell you this or not. I said, what? And he said, um, last night in your sleep, you were talking in other voices. (laughs) And I said, how do you mean? And he's like, you were saying things in other languages in a (gasps) deep, hoarse voice. He's like, it sounded like... And he's like, I didn't know. It was like a Latin. It was like, like that kind of voice. But it was like, (laughs) yes, but in like Latin or something. Oh, I don't know Latin, but he said it was a different language. (laughs) I don't know. I don't know any Latin except that. (laughs) And he was genuinely concerned. And I said, I didn't think he believed in that stuff. He's like. Well, that really scared me. Oh, no. And then he said, do you have some friends you can talk to about expelling something from you? And I said, you're genuinely afraid of this. Like, I thought he was making it up. I thought it was a joke. I was like going along with it. He's like, no, I'm I'm serious. I'm kind of concerned. He's like, I was debating on whether or not to tell you because I was afraid that you'd be afraid. Mm-hmm. And he said, my husband, the non-believer. Engineer husband said, Mm -hmm. can you pull some tarot cards and figure out what you need to do? That's so hot. (laughs) 
<laughs> I know, right? I was like, oh. You're instantly like dripping. You just slid off your seat. You were like, say it again, honey. Say it again. Take off your pants. Yeah. It was. <laughs> <laughs> I'll draw a tarot card if you. Mm. Yeah. I was like, I've been waiting my whole life to hear you say something like that. So <laughs> you I really uh, have. I That's the funny part. I love it. Oh, I'm sad that it had to happen during a, a scary moment. <laughs> Instead of a pleasant well, moment. I did draw some cards. The cards said that I am being tricked. There's something attached that is not what it seems. And I told my husband that. I was like, whatever this is, is trying to convince me that it's a good thing for me. And it's not. And it's ultimately going to really hurt me in the end. And he's Ooh. like, okay, well, why don't you draw some cards to tell you what to do about it. And right. I drew Continues some to be sexy. Good job, Mr. Becky. Good job. <laughs> the next set of cards I drew were very vague. I don't even remember what they said. But I have this mm. like cheapy, you know, those crystals that are made to look like chakra stones. So they're like stacks of different colored crystals that yeah. are glued together and shaped into a pillar or whatever. I have one of these yeah. that I got in one of those like subscription boxes. I don't even remember from where. It's not the sort of thing I would buy for myself, but I have one. So I have it up on my little crystal shelf because I'm like, well, it's pretty. Maybe people will just think it's pretty. Anyway, as I'm drawing these cards of what to do about it, that crystal flies off the shelf. Dude. Flew off the shelf and landed on my bed so that it wouldn't break. Like, <gasps> Boom. So I went and got my chakras balanced the next day. So hopefully it worked. <laughs> Where do you go to get your chakras balanced? I'm curious. Well, it was my birthday. So I had already scheduled a massage for myself. And while I was there, oh. I just said to the massage therapist, I was like, um, could you, could you clear and balance my chakras? She's like, oh, sure. I love doing that. Nobody ever asked for that. <laughs> so she did. <laughs> That's nice. I, last night I was in an improv show. And when we showed up for rehearsal, we went down the hall and realized somebody was getting a Reiki session with the door open down the oh, no. hall. And we were like, this is about to be the most raucously exciting Reiki session you've ever had. Watch out. This is going to be great. So I hope that they enjoyed that a little bit of Reiki with the entire audience of people laughing at the improv show. That was hilarious. I don't know why they had the door open. That was probably foolish. They probably thought, oh, it's... 7 p.m. Surely nobody's going to just wander in. <laughs> Weren't they wrong? <laughs> Maybe that person had a lot of stuff they needed to get rid of. And they were like, hopefully I'll go out the door. All the bad stuff, all the bad Leave energy. Leave the door open. Your body. I don't want this trapped in this event center. Maybe. Maybe that's what it was. <laughs> so we both had some very energetic experiences this last week. Did you accept a gift? That's what I need to know. I don't know. The card said that I did and didn't realize it. <gasps> oh, dear. That could very yeah. well be. Could have been an entity in a grocery store going, here you go. Here's the perfect apple, dearie. <laughs> Did that happen? Please tell me that exact thing happened. There's some creepy people at the Publix near your house. I know. It's always that, that dude in the wheelchair yeah. that goes around and eats all the grapes. Yeah. I didn't even see him, but I love him already. <laughs> I check the grapes very carefully before I buy any now. Like, which ones are just a bunch of stems? <laughs> That's great. Awesome. <laughs> He goes around eating grapes in the grocery store. Yeah, I hope they're organic. That's, fun. That's my creepy story of the day. You guys ready for some more creepy stories? <laughs> yeah, because whoa, ho, ho, Renee has some 
some stories for you. Yes, some very spooky ones. I don't think she even realized how scary they were until we were like, uh, that's scary. (laughs) And I don't think every listener realizes that we have a Patreon, patreon.com slash homespunhates, where you can get all this content ad-free and extra bonus content like how to go to sleep when there's a ghost staring at you from the foot of your bed, which we just heard this week on our Apple Premium Extra Extra channel. And on our Patreon. So if you're not a member of our Patreon, enjoy this commercial. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Diana, Becky, should we tell people about what we're doing when we're not telling ghost stories? You mean trying not to get possessed? No, 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 no. The other thing. Oh, how we build phenomenal websites for small and medium-sized businesses based on our decades of experience in the digital media industry? Yeah, 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 that part. Oh, no. Do we really want everyone to know that underneath our cool, spooky veneers we're actually accomplished technical geniuses? Well, eventually they've got to notice. I mean, we do a lot of websites for mom-and-pop service providers, but we've also worked with big guys such as Hasbro and Yamaha. Yeah, maybe they don't know that we build bespoke websites from the ground up that are so amazing they'd make Satan himself choke on his own phlegm. I know, but it might compromise our carefully cultivated spooky image we've got going on. Well, we built spooky websites, too. Just look at homespunhates.com. Good point. I guess we shouldn't waste these kick-ass talents of ours. Perhaps we should tell people how they can take advantage of our dope web design skills for their own devious purposes. Maybe point them to our corporate website, theconceptspot.com. I guess that would be the first step for having them find the concept spot, which is the totally amazing name of our digital design company. And the next step? Well, then hopefully they'll be blown away by our indescribable skills and email Becky at theconceptspot.com if they need a website. Or if they know someone who owns business, maybe they can pass that info to them after the show. That sounds really good. Maybe we should slip that into our show notes. But in the meantime, let's tell some ghost stories. Deep in the bowels of Oklahoma exists a passageway that has remained locked for decades, untouched by mortals. We don't know why it was sealed nearly a century ago, but we are thirsting to find out. So thirsty. Do you have the same insatiable curiosity as us to see what lies beyond its threshold? On September 24th, 2023. We will unveil the shadows together via live stream as we open this sealed passageway, slaking our thirst for arcane knowledge. And we want you to be there with us. Virtually, of course. This may be dangerous. We don't have liability insurance. Oh my eye! But what will we find? Is this passageway a sealed tomb? A hideaway for treasure? A portal into another dimension? Maybe it's alien. Even we won't know until September 24th, and you can be there to discover the secrets with us. I'm not scared. 
Visit homespunhaints.com slash basement to RSVP for this event and find out how you can participate in this interactive adventure with us. As long as there's darkness to explore, we shall remain its loyal devotees. RSVP now and immerse yourself in the abyss of the unknown that is Diana's Basement. <laughs> Visit homespunhaints.com slash basement. Today on the show, we are thrilled to bring on Renee Huff. We met Renee through her film festival that she is going to be having this October in New York. It is the Haunted House Fear Fest Film Festival. And this is a film festival that's been going on for a while in Germany, but it is going to be moving to New York thanks to Renee's efforts. She owns the film festival and she is currently taking submissions for it. And of course, as you can imagine, being somebody who is going to be running a horror film festival, Renee is a haunted, spooky person herself. <laughs> so we are so delighted to bring her on today. Renee, thank you so much for being with us today here on the show. Welcome. It's an honor. Like You guys are amazing. So I'm super, super excited and so happy to be here. And talk about all things spooky. So tell us a little bit about the film festival and where people can find things about it. And you're still taking submissions for it too, correct? Right, correct. So Haunted House Fear Fest, it was originally based in Europe about five years ago. So this is its fifth year. The previous owner decided to step down and I wanted to take the reins. So with that, I'm bringing the film festival to the States because obviously I, I live in New York. It's a global independent horror film festival. We receive films from Ukraine, London, Dubai, Canada, all across the world, animated horror, psychological thriller, every gambit of horror that you would love to see, it's all within this film festival. And what I'm doing this year is I'm bringing horror video games to the lineup as well. So I'm hoping to accept some submissions for that, particularly women game developers and minority game developers too, because horror goes across all boundaries and everyone worldwide. And so I want that creativity to be shown at the festival. So I'm super excited. Looking at venues now, the Quad Cinema is the ideal venue, which is an historic venue in New York City, right in the middle of Manhattan. Congratulations. This sounds big. Yes. Yes. <laughs> and thank you for saying horror correctly. Thank <laughs> you. Nobody should have to wonder if you're talking about prostitution or not when you say that word. Guys, I'm from the South. <laughs> I think you talk funny, Diana. Well, we do together. That's the important part. <laughs> but oh, man. anyway, back to horror. <laughs> now it sounds weird. Now it sounds weird when she said this. Let's go back. Just, just be yourself, <laughs> Becky. So where can people submit their films, Renee? So they can go to hauntedhousefearfest.com and you can read about all the categories. You can submit. There's a button for Film Freeway or you can go to filmfreeway.com backslash hauntedhousefearfest and you can submit your film through there. But if you go to the website, you can see what it's all about. You can meet the team. I've already seen a lot of the films. Some of them are pretty incredible. And very spooky. But I've seen so many horror films, it really takes a lot to scare me. So guys, <laughs> I'm looking for really scary horror films to give me nightmares. I feel you. Uh, it takes a lot to scare us too. <laughs> Renee, when is the film festival running? It's October 5th through the 8th, the first weekend of October. I've been planning it since 
last fall. It takes a lot to run a film festival. A lot of people don't know about it, particularly in the States. So it is a lot of work, but it's fun too. So it feels like October is next month for me. Although mm -hmm. I wish October was every month because it's one of the coolest months ever. Halloween is like my favorite holiday. So you got into horror. Now I'm going to be self-conscious about saying that. <laughs> As a child. <laughs> represent a child. the yeah. South. Represent. It's fine. <laughs> Back when you were a child, like this has always been mm -hmm. a part of you. But yeah. were there experiences outside of fiction, ghostly experiences that you encountered as a child that kind of fed into all of this? Yeah. I was told when I was very young, my grandmother on my dad's side, like I was very close with, and um, I used to watch TV with her. I was told that she passed away while I was in the bed with her watching TV. So I noticed <sighs> that ever since then, when I would watch movies, particularly horror movies, I always felt a presence like someone near me watching it. Looking back on it, it was comforting. But during that time, I was like freaked out and didn't know until I put two and two together until my parents told me the story many years later. But it always felt like a presence was there. And I always wondered like, oh, what was it? And it felt weird. And then now I understand like it is a comfort, but I am an empath. So I'm very sensitive. I can feel certain things. And when I moved into where I was living at before, I always felt a presence. <laughs> When I moved in, I was sleeping middle of the night. I woke up. I saw a woman standing at the end of my bed and she had on this white nightgown. She sort of had like this short grayish or maybe mid-length hair and she turned around and nodded at me like everything is okay. It was very fast. And I that freaked me out. That like literally freaked me out. I was like, holy shit. My heart was jumping out of my chest. I couldn't sleep. And then later on when I had to get my wits together in the morning, I think she was telling me like, okay, you're okay. You can live here. And then I never saw her again. So she was the former resident? It's a pretty old building. It dates back to, I think, like the early 1900s or something like that. So you never know. I don't know. But then when I got my cat, Betty Davis, I've never experienced anything after that again. And I've had her now going on huh. seven years starting next month. She's a Gemini. So she's born <laughs> in May. <laughs> what sort of other things did you encounter? At my parents' house, I remember sleeping one night. There was this tall lady she had boots not like working boots you know like not timberland boots but short black boots that you can stitch up to the top like to your ankle and she was wearing a long flowered dress it was dark blue it was like light green flower light green petals and like pink it was like a lightish type darkish pink all throughout her dress and it was short sleeve or long sleeve but if it was long sleeve it cut to the wrist and she had long hair, I would say Indian hair, and she was staring down at me and I literally jumped up. I was like, oh my God. And then I couldn't go to sleep, but then I was just like, what was that? How old were you when you saw her? I was in my 20s. I was staying with my parents about to like move out. And, and she was just there and it was only one time that you saw her? Yeah, it was only one time that I saw her. I don't know if it was like an ancestor or if it was like a relative. I don't know. I knew it wasn't my grandmother because she doesn't, I don't remember her looking like that. But it was very weird. Well, the boots you described, that sounds very like Victorian era, late 1800s style of shoe. Yeah. It's been so many years and I still remember what she was wearing to this day. When you say she popped up at you, do you think she was trying to frighten you? 
No, she was just kneeling over me, like watching me sleep. But I jumped up so quickly. I was like, holy crap. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then she just disappeared when you jumped out of bed. Yeah, I was just like, I was out. I was out of my room. I was just like, oh, my God. Oh my God. <laughs> you don't know if she disappeared. She couldn't catch up to you. Yeah. I was like, <laughs> like, oh, my God. And then, of course, my parents, they think like, oh, my God, here she goes again. There's nothing here. There's no dream. What do you do every day? But whatever. It was probably an ancestor or spirit guide. Because you said you were about to go through some transition moving out. So it's probably somebody like, hey, you know, just checking in on you because you're about to go through this big transition. And she probably yeah. didn't expect you to see her. <laughs> no. 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 Have you guys ever had that feeling like something tells you to just wake up? I don't know what it is. Mm -hmm. Like just wake up and sometimes like you're scared like I remember sometimes when I would sleep my dreams are so vivid even if it's a nightmare I'll remember it after a couple of weeks I don't know something just tells me like to wake up or there is one nightmare like I couldn't even speak like I can see everything I wanted to say something but like I couldn't even talk it was so weird and I was trying to wake myself up and eventually I woke up. I can't remember that dream. I just remember that feeling. Yeah, your body's attempting to wake up, but you can't quite move yet. And you've got that little tiny in-between sleep paralysis and dreaming thing where yeah. you're trying to run, but you can't run. Or you're trying to talk, but you can't talk. Yeah, that's a scary experience. There have been times where I will, I will do that. I will wake up and I'll see something in the room and I'm like, <laughs> oh, that's why, I was, <laughs> that's why my body was telling oh me to wake God. up. Crap. Wow. <laughs> but do you have trouble going back to sleep after or no, you're just up and that's it? I go back to sleep. I, I, wow. There have been so many times where I'm like, yeah, there's something there. <laughs> <laughs> so weird. Nothing has ever been there when I woke up or nothing I could see, at least. The spooky thing in my basement does not bother me in my bedroom, fortunately. I can sleep through anything. I'm one of these people. Really? So like, <laughs> yeah. so if you were one of those people, you guys would be like, oh, the door slammed, whatever. Let me go back to sleep. Ghost, leave me alone. This is my house. If you want to levitate me, just make sure you put me back in my bed. Are you guys one of those? Yeah, okay. me in. <laughs> Turn down the covers. Yeah, no, no, yeah. that's uh, that's definitely not me. And I'm constantly oh. asking Becky, so what did you do when you saw the ghost? She says, I went to sleep. <laughs> What? Wait. I need my sleep. I need my sleep. I've got kids. I have to get up in the morning. I will deal with the ghost later. But right now I got to sleep. I got to schedule. <laughs> oh Parenthood runs contrary to ghost hunting, I guess. Oh I know. It God. sucks. But I know I'm not alone. We've talked to other people on this show that yeah. will sleep through things like drawers opening and closing in the bedroom, closet doors slamming, and they'll be like, well, I'll just try to block it out. I got to sleep. Oh, my God. That would freak <laughs> yeah. me out. So you encountered figures, women, mm -hmm. two separate women, two separate times, and two separate living spaces. Also, it's like you get feelings. I don't know if it's like where I live or whatever, but I just get like these strange feelings where I'm like, constant I don't know if it's paranoia but I'm constantly checking the door but I always get like a presence but I will say ever since I got my pet and she's been with me for seven years now like it's really subsided a bit over the years Betty does a great job keeping them in check you said you were getting those feelings mm -hmm. of maybe like somebody watching you or a presence that you couldn't yeah. control or a, a risk or a, an unsafe feeling that you felt you had to lock the doors against, try and protect yourself or, or build kind of a fortress around yourself emotionally or mentally yeah. or physically. And then Betty Davis 
kind of turn that down a little bit on the dial for you, perceptive wise. Do you think that's because you're just now placing that feeling on the cat? Like, I feel watched, must be the cat. I feel like there's a presence, must be the cat. Or do you think the cat's actually like in between doing some interference with the ghosts? Well, I think she's in between. When I get like nervous or whatever, I'll look at her and she'll like be like, it's okay. It's just I feel safer with her here. I don't know if it's like, oh, I'm not living by myself anymore. It's just a different feeling. I can't describe it. These feelings of danger from living alone, is that something that's kind of just happened in this apartment you're currently in? Or is that something that happened in your previous apartment as well? No, it's always been with me since I was in my parents' house, since I've been experiencing it firsthand, and it just traveled with me. So it doesn't matter where I go. Maybe because I'm an empath and I feel things, it's different. I ask because I'm wondering if maybe something happened to a previous resident in your apartment where they were broken into or something like that. And being empathic, you're picking up on that ghost's emotions and their experiences and their fears. And then the cat is kind of running interference. I don't think so. It's a pretty safe building. Again, it always traveled with me when I was at my parents' house, when it was at a new house, it wasn't an old house. And no one was buried under the ground, like in poltergeist, <laughs> you find the dead bodies, like nothing yeah. like that. You're able to kind of sense people and emotions and other things around you. And what is that like living in a really densely populated area? Well, in the city, it's different. Like I'm a New Yorker. So you learn how to put the blinders on. Yeah, like don't mess with me. I have certain faces. But I think for me, when I encounter people, I'm sure people experience this too, like it's about their energy. I think over the years, I tapped into that even a bit more outside of trusting my gut, like really like, yes, I accepted the reality that I am an empath. And so I just tap into that more. And I start to feel things around me a bit more. And I meditate a lot more than I used to do just to control my emotions and my balance and everything else. So I just hope this ability saves me from anything I might encounter upcoming. Right. <laughs> yeah, it's it's much more useful against the living <laughs> right. empathic sense of something's not right, right here. I, yeah. yeah, that's a scary thought, Becky. I'd never thought about that. But being that I pick up on other people's physical state yeah, and physical weird... feelings and uh-huh. pain and things like that. And whew, I'm going to be going to New York City for the first time. That's a lot of people. Diana's never been to New York. I Oh my gosh. I know. I can't wait to show her around. First time in New York, like it's just it's amazing. It's the city that never sleeps. It really is like a great place. I'm looking forward to it. I just yeah. whew, never thought about all the feelings that would be washing over you'll, just from <laughs> being in public. No, you'll get <laughs> or to or being there. You'll get there. Building. You'll get to where you can put your blinders on. Like you Yeah, just, particularly when you you're on the subway. It. Yeah. Mm-hmm. When you're on the subway, put your blinders on. <laughs> You know, is that that fun, though, to live your life like having to put up walls? No, I mean, I do it. But I just do it because I I just I don't know. I've been in New York all my life. So I'm used to it. But I love it so much. Like I just love to be here forever. Diana, I took you downtown Atlanta. You were fine. Well, actually, I don't know. I was freaking out. She (laughs) was. She was really she was freaking out. She's like, this place doesn't look safe, Becky. And I'm like, it's fine. <laughs> oh, my God. She's like weaving around people sleeping in sleeping bags in the street and yes. stuff. And she's like, okay, we're just going to park some random place and hope the car's still there when we get back. Yeah. Let's go. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's, that's yeah. part of it. Yeah, that's part of it. <laughs> so are those the only three places that you've lived? Like your parents' home and then these two apartments? 
went to school at the University of Maryland. So obviously I lived like in the dorms and stuff like that. But other than that, that's really it. So when you were in school, is that in Baltimore? No, in College Park, not too far away from D.C. Did you encounter or experience anything strange while you were on campus? Because I know college campuses are such an interesting mix of energies and pasts. And that time in your life is just so much change and trauma and excitement and all these things happening at once amongst the people around you. Can you think back to any spooky experiences you had while you were there? No, I mean, the only spooky experience I had was like my first terrible roommate, who was like awful, and I switched rooms. That was like the worst experience. But other than that, no, I just, um, which is, wow, thinking about it's very interesting. I did not I just with my friends, I had a diverse group of friends. So I guess my mood was different, too. My friends were really great. They were great to be around. So maybe it was the energy too, outside of just being by myself and encountering certain things. That's actually really interesting. And you weren't deliberately trying to close yourself off or anything. No, I was just trying to close myself off from that first horrible roommate. I was like, oh my God, get me away from her. <laughs> like, oh. What is it about freshman year and terrible roommates? Oh my God, it's it was just- awful. It was so awful and I was away from home. But thank God I got another roommate the second semester. And that was it. It's probably good because bad experiences tend to bring on paranormal experiences. So yeah. you may have ended up with something happen if you had rid of her. <laughs> I know. I know. Have you guys experienced anything like that? Like in, in college? college? When I moved off campus, I moved into a Victorian era apartment. And I definitely had experiences there. In fact, when I first moved in, it was so frustrating that... I think a week or two after I moved in, I was there by myself waiting for my roommate to come in at the end of the summer. And I walked into the living room and I was like, could you just stop? Like, I'm here by myself. Stop freaking me out. Stop making noises. And it went away for about a year. And then second year I was there, it just ramped up and it ramped up bad. And I got to a point where I was, I can't put my finger or anything in particular. It was just like feelings like you said, and I just got to where I went to sleep every night with the lights on and I had Joni Mitchell softly playing. I could sleep through anything. So I could sleep through Joni Mitchell and <laughs> just fall asleep every night that way. So the ghost was probably, or spirit or, or demon was probably like, well, you told me to go away for a year. I'm back and I'm making up for it. So just deal with it. Could be. <laughs> you know? I think so. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That's scary. I- it sucked. It sucked. Maybe that's how I got to where I could just sleep through stuff because I was like, I got to sleep. So be sure to make your demon contracts longer than your lease. That's yes. The moral of this story. Yeah. It was just also an awful part. I mean, it was slumlord type oh, of no. situation. No air conditioning on the fourth floor. Roaches the sizes of your head. Like, oh, just, my God. Awful. I, would sometimes sleep in the back seat of my tiny little 86 Corolla, which was parked illegally on the street just because I was like, I gotta get out of this apartment. Oh my God. So you survived that because just going through that felt like a nightmare. And now looking back on it, you can tell like all these crazy stories on your cool podcast. <laughs> well, you saw two full bodied apparitions that you told us about, which is just incredible. Most people go their entire lives without ever seeing one. Oh, really? And oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. It's actually mm-hmm. very rare. Though. To me, it just seems so normal now. And I just get, <laughs> uh, yeah, even having nightmares. I'm used to having nightmares, gosh, at least once a week, twice a week, sometimes three. It's just like what happens. I'm so used to it. 
I don't know if you're up for it if you have time, but Diana does dream interpretation. Oh, I do. It's hard with nightmares, though. It's so hard, but we'll try. I have been professionally trained in this. <laughs> well, I don't know if it was a nightmare, a recent dream. And I told my friend, oh my God, I can't believe I'm admitting this. I told my my close friend this and she was just like, oh my gosh, Renee, that wasn't a nightmare. You got like dripped by like a goddess or something. And I was like, stop it. A couple of weeks ago, I was in my bed. I wake up and I saw like this tall person. He was white with like platinum blonde short hair, but it was kind of wavy. And he had on this black cloak. And then he was sitting on this like black box and then he had like this think of like a night shield but the night shield was black and then the cross was dark gold on the outside and then the actual cross was kind of like a light gold the box was sitting on my ankle and he was sitting on top of the box and he was looking down at me and I literally woke up and I was like oh my god I screamed it was in the middle of the night. I remember screaming. I hope I didn't wake up my neighbors. I remember screaming a lot. And then he was gone. But my cat looked at me like, what's wrong? What's the matter? And I couldn't go back to sleep. I was sweating. I like left the lights on. I couldn't, I didn't get sleep. I remember not getting sleep. It was so real. The box, it wasn't even like a typical box, not a cube box, but it's like it was on my ankle and it didn't hurt. And he was sitting on top of the box just staring at me. And his facial expression was kind of like muscular draw. I know people are probably listening to this and thinking like, oh my gosh, she read a romance novel. No, I did not. Then after a while, after two or three nights, I was able to, okay, get some sleep. Because I said, I don't want to see this person or this entity anymore. And that was it. Wow. So it took mm. you a couple nights to be able to get back into a sleep room? Yeah, I was so scared. I was so scared. Why was this person so scary? Waking up and seeing someone sitting on a box on top of my ankle, I was just like, what the hell is this? It was just so weird. The Black Knight. Yeah. And, um, was that was it kind of like an old fashioned like Crusaders cross? Yeah. Oh, yeah. And then yeah. he had like a black okay. cloak and he had sandals. But like you saw, it was kind of like a cloak, but then like you can still see the legs or whatever, like a skirt or something. But like I'm telling your audience that like I did not watch any Knights Templar or whatever on Netflix. I did not watch any of that. In my opinion, this guy must be some aspect of yourself that is hidden because of the cloak being shrouded in darkness in general. And the shield and the painless pressure kind of indicates that you have a defense. You have a natural defense against this part, this whatever is happening in your subconscious that could be kind of seeping in and trying to maybe sabotage you or maybe keep you under the box, you know, keep you from reaching your potential or keep you from speaking out or keeping you from going somewhere doing something with your life or something like that. And it's just kind of indicating that you're maybe putting up some kind of a protection for yourself against this so that you're not feeling it, but the not feeling it isn't going to make it go away. And so moving through and being able to actually see this part of yourself that wants to hold you back and confronting that part of yourself. Maybe you realize that that part of yourself is just, you know, not even wearing pants. <laughs> so <laughs> doesn't have a leg to stand on. <laughs> just a thought. Was this in any particular location? I was in my bed, but you bring up that, Diana, you bring okay. up a, a good point because I've always had like a corporate job and this is outside of my comfort zone in the sense of like, I'm going to be an owner of a horror film festival and, and I'm going to be doing this and doing that. And so this is really outside of my comfort zone. 
this new chapter from owning a horror film festival and putting yourself out there. So it's interesting that you said that, Diana, because that's a part that resonates me. But it's like, you know, keep on pushing forward. All these things I wanted to do and like, gosh, like even coming on your guys' show, like you guys are amazing. I told you, everyone listen up. Becky and Diana need to have a show on the Travel Channel or some or Haunt TV or whatever. They really know what they're doing. Thank you, Renee. Yeah. <laughs> Appreciate you. <laughs> well, I hope you figure out who the man on the box is and why he's on your ankle and how to get him off and how to let yourself out of that box. Yeah. Yeah. I wonder if it makes any, the fact that he's a white dude. I'm wondering if that means anything. I don't <laughs> like, know. You know it's, he was a hot white dude. I will he's say hot. that. Okay. Yeah. Typical crusader. I, <laughs> I don't think they were that hot. Probably full of life. <laughs> <laughs> But fit from all that marching, right? I don't oh know. my it's god! True. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That heavy armor yeah. all the time. Yeah, but I'm muscular. <laughs> right. Well, Renee, this has been so much fun to talk to you. This was a great interview. Yeah. Thank you, Renee. We appreciate your this time so and all fun. your stories. Yeah. Tell us again where everybody can find you on the internet and how they can check out your film festival if they want to attend. Or submit. It's Haunted House Fear Fest. You can go to hauntedhousefearfest.com. Uh, you can check out all the categories. And there's a submit tab. You can submit through. And then that leads to Film Freeway. Film Freeway is a great site where all the festivals are hosted. Just search for Haunted House Fear Fest if you want to go through there. The festival location is looking to be at the Quad Cinema in New York City. It will be from the dates October 5th through the 8th. You can follow us on Instagram at haunted underscore house fear fest or on Facebook, Haunted House Fear Fest are on Twitter, HHFF Fest, for all the latest news about the festival. But Facebook and Instagram are the best ways to follow us on all the news. Yeah, just super excited. So hoping to see some great, horrific, scary films and video games. Looking forward to it and looking forward to meeting you and Becky and Diana in person. I'm super excited. Well, we are really looking forward to the Film Fest as well. Renee, this is mm -hmm. going to be so much fun. I love film festivals, and I know yours is going to be amazing. <laughs> oh, thank you. Thank you so much yeah, for thank coming you. on our show. Oh, thank you. You guys are the best. Thank you. Oh, thanks. We are going to have links to your film festival website and all of your social handles and places where people can submit on our show notes at homespunhaints.com. And if you want to see the videos that Diana and I do, you can check us out at youtube.com slash homespunhaints. They're not exactly horror films. They're mostly just pictures of our faces talking, but it's funny. It's a good time. So definitely check that out. Again, Renee, thank you so much. This has been a blast. Thank you. Hainted loves, thank you for listening. Are you interested in checking out the Haunted House Fear Fest? Well, Renee sounds like she sets the bar pretty high for scary, so I think you're going to have a spooky day. Homespun Haints is hosted by Becky Kielimnik and Diana Doty and produced by Homespun Haints Media LLC. Editing and music by Becky Kielimnik. Show notes by Diana Doty. If you have a ghost story and you'd like to be considered as a guest for this podcast, please visit our website at homespunhaints.com slash submit. 
Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Deep in the bowels of Oklahoma exists a passageway that has remained locked for decades, untouched by mortals. We don't know why it was sealed nearly a century ago, but we are thirsty to find out. So thirsty. Do you have the same insatiable curiosity as us to see what lies beyond its threshold? On September 24th. 2023. We will unveil the shadows together via live stream as we open this sealed passageway, slaking our thirst for arcane knowledge. And we want you to be there with us. Virtually, of course. This may be dangerous. We don't have liability insurance. Oh my eye! But what will we find? Is this passageway a sealed tomb? A hideaway for treasure? A portal into another dimension? Maybe it's alien. Even we won't know until September 24th, and you can be there to discover the secrets with us. I'm not scared. Visit homespunhaints.com slash basement to RSVP for this event and find out how you can participate in this interactive adventure with us. As long as there's darkness to explore, we shall remain its loyal devotees. RSVP now and immerse yourself in the abyss of the unknown that is Diana's Basement. <laughs> Visit homespunhaints.com slash basement.